Good morning again. I feel like I have to say good morning every time I come into the mic now. Anyways, so we have we took a short break from our Seven Virtues series last week, but we are back again today, and we are num- on number six, which is diligence. So we're almost at the end. So looking through scripture, there's a lot to be said about both sloth and diligence. And today I want to read just some short scriptures from Proverbs 12, 24 and Proverbs 10, 4 to 5. And they are behind me. So Proverbs 12 reads, The hand of the diligent will rule, while the lazy will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 10 reads, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligence makes rich. A child who gathers in summer is prudent, but a child who sleeps in harvest brings shame. Now, we can see that obviously sloth equals bad and diligence equals good. But why was it so important that the early church put sloth on a seven-point list of deadly sins? What made it so important? And before we really talk about what diligence is and how we can cultivate that virtue in our lives, we need to look at what it is resisting, which is the sin of sloth. So I'm going to spend a little time going over what exactly sloth means. So when we think of the word sloth, we tend to think of laziness, just laziness. But in fact, when the monastic Christians in the 4th century, they put sloth on that list of deadly sins, it's not exactly what they had in mind for why sloth was so deadly. For them, sloth was spiritual apathy, indifference, and carelessness. The Latin word actually for sloth, it literally means absence of caring. It's not so much the physical condition as much as a spiritual one. And they called it the noonday demon. They called it this because in the middle of the day, when the sun was at its highest and it was really hot, and they were tired and hungry, and their thoughts would often lead to, why am I doing this? Why am I dedicating my life to God, studying his word, spending hours in prayer? So sloth, it's much more than passive laziness. It's this complacency and indifference. It's laziness with what matters most. And that can look different for each person and in each different time. So it's, it's knowing what needs to be done, knowing the priorities, but resisting acting. And by resisting action, it's not always inaction. So it can often be doing something else instead of the thing that matters most. Doing what is easy instead of what is needed. So just kind of a small example of how to describe that busyness with less important things that I can think of is my incredible skill of procrastinating things. I think about, I have spent the last almost nine years in, in school, and I think about finals week where I had to write so many papers. But that was really hard, and I didn't really want to do it, so instead I did my taxes, or I cleaned my entire apartment. And really, from an outside perspective, I wasn't being lazy. I was keeping busy and doing something kind of important. I mean, my taxes, they obviously need to be done at some point. But I had more time to do those than I had that two or three day window to write those final papers. 
And I'm sure my apartment really did need a good cleaning. But again, those papers were what was more important. They were due now. But they were hard, and I didn't want to do them. So I found other less important things to do instead of what I needed to be doing. So that's an example of how sloth can be hidden within that busyness. It's not just laziness and inaction. And where we come to the understanding of sloth as laziness is because it can really lead to that physical laziness. It does have that physical problem. So it's not always a physical problem, and it's actually mostly when we think about it, it's a deeper, it's a, the physical laziness is a deeper spiritual crisis. It's a symptom of that spiritual crisis. So at its core, it's about growing apathetic and for when they put it on the list of why it was such a sin, it was because it was losing your love for God. It was putting more important things above God. And it threatened the commitment and the relationship that they had and we have with God. It became lazy in love for others and with God. And the danger is, is that it can happen when things are good. It's not always coming in times of struggle or distress, but often it happens when things are really normal, when we settle into a routine. I think, think about it this way. So most people, when they begin to follow Jesus, that spiritual passion and drive is really high. When I was doing my undergrad, it was at this point that I had come back to God and where I gave my life over to him again. And as my roommate at the time likes to tell people, she never knew that I liked the God stuff. And then one day I was just really obsessed with it. And I was. I felt God's love and I had this huge passion to know him more, to love him more each day, to read scripture, to understand it, to go to prayer groups with fellow Christians and just join in anything I could. I wanted to know more about him. I put in that effort because my passion for him was so high at that point. But over time, that passion and love for God, it began to, to fade, to cool. And we have to work harder to keep that level of passion and commitment to God. But it's hard. And we grow spiritually apathetic. And we just don't care enough to put the effort in. In Revelations 2, verses 4 to 5, when writing to the church, the letter writes, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So they had lost that first love. And again, this kind of sentiment is repeated in Revelations 3, verses 15 to 17, which reads, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Because they also had become lukewarm in their love for God. He says, you are neither hot nor cold. You are lukewarm. So we can see that sloth is a sin because it's spiritual apathy that turns into coldness. We find other things in our lives to fill the space, 
and we feel like we don't need God anymore. We have no time to devote to God. It is hard. And so our love turns cold over time. And we can also become lazy at loving others. Loving others is hard work and requires constant work to maintain those relationships. The slothful person does not want to put in the work and maintain the demands of self-giving love. And sloth can also be found in unbelief. Think of all the people that claim to be agnostic or just spiritual in some way. Often those things can mean indifference, claiming that they don't know if God does or does not exist, or if they feel there is something but really unsure about it. Oftentimes, they're just not interested in finding out. They just don't care that much. So now that we've talked about what exactly sloth is and what it means, we can move on to how to resist sloth, which is diligence. And what really gets down to the core of the issue is again going back to the meanings of those words. So the meaning of sloth in Latin, that means lack of caring, and the root word where diligence comes from in Latin is, is to love. So we have lack of caring and we have love on the other side. And I know I've said it a few times, but sloth is, it's not about being lazy with our work. At the root, it's being lazy with love. And so that changes how we see diligence. And so one misconception is to just think that I just need to add more work and that will do the trick. And maybe that is the case, but it isn't always. And especially I find with the world that we live in today, we keep busy. We are a busy people. Often our problem is slowing down. So yes, for some people, the solution to sloth is to get back to work, to continue the tasks that God have asked of us. And through that, rediscovering that passion, that fire, and that love for the Lord. But for a lot of people, sloth, it sneaks in, and it gets hidden by that busyness. And we choose to fill our time and become busy with other things that are not what God has called us to do or are not the things that matter most. So best example of this busyness sloth within scripture, it comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. So Jesus had come to Mary and Martha's home, and while, Mary, uh, sorry, while Martha was kept very busy preparing food for Jesus and his companions, from a surface perspective, Mary, her sister, was being very lazy, not helping whatsoever. So in verses 40 to 42, it reads, But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus, he argues against Martha, and he disagrees that Mary is being lazy. He argues that Mary is doing the most important thing. She has chosen the better part. She is being diligent. While Martha is being distracted by many things, none of which is really important things. And that's what Jesus is saying matters most. And my point is with this story of Mary and Martha is that diligence sometimes means getting to work, but sometimes it means slowing down and figuring out what the most important thing is. Today, we are observing the Lord's table or communion. Today, we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made to save us. 
because of that intense love that he has for each one of us. His love has never wavered or cooled. And through this saving act, we are granted the opportunity for a transformed life. And we don't have to do it alone. We are transformed by the spirit. We can lean on God. We can lean on each other. But still, it does take effort and diligence on our part. Sloth sees the transforming love of God, and it says that it's too much work, so why bother? That love that desires us to be new people, new creations in Christ, a task that takes time and effort. It's a task that takes a lifetime. And that transformation comes through seeking a relationship with Jesus. And like all relationships in our lives, it takes work. And if we aren't willing to put in the work in that relationship, it will fail. Jesus will always continue to try and maintain and grow that relationship but this is not a one direction exchange. We need to be willing to put in the effort for this relationship as well. I've got a few different suggestions in how we can put the virtue of diligence into action. And each one, it really depends on how sloth is affecting your life. Are you pushing a relationship with Jesus away, growing cold in your love, avoiding the things that matter most with trivial business? Or are you growing lazy with your actions when you know that God is calling you to a specific thing? So the first one is by serving. And I feel like, I feel like the act of serving, it, it goes well with a lot of these virtues uh, and a lot of the things that we're, we're looking to grow in. So this is the first way that resists sloth and practices diligence is serving. And God, he calls us to love others as we would love ourselves. So find that place in your community, in your church. And let me tell you, there are lots of ways that you can serve each other in this church. We're always looking for people in different areas, deacons, ushers, family ministry, to share your love with all the kids in our church. And there's just as many opportunities to serve others in your community outside of this church. We have many partnerships and Lots of things that we'll be talking about in the next few months about different areas of service in your community. So don't sit back and let the ones who are constantly volunteers be the only ones. Take it for an opportunity to love your neighbors diligently. God has tasked each one of us to serve others. He has put you in the exact place that you need to be to work alongside him. He has given you gifts and talents that need to be not wasted in sloth, and instead those gifts, they need to be used. And as we continue to serve others, we will come to a point that it won't just be a collection of tasks for the sake of doing them, but it will be an opportunity to love diligently. One way to keep your spiritual fever is by serving the Lord and serving alongside him. And the second suggestion that I have, it it doesn't seem like it fits with resisting sloth, Uh, And that practice is rest the Sabbath. Uh, It seems funny to combat sloth with rest, but now that we've really spent a lot of time talking about sloth as lack of caring and growing cold in our love for God and others, uh, Sabbath is the perfect way to fight against that and to regain that passion and love for God. Like diligence, which is a steady, constant thing, the Sabbath is a continuing rhythm By practicing Sabbath regularly, it builds diligence without turning us into workaholics. 
because during Sabbath, we can spend that time with God. We can rest in him and we can rebuild that love and relationship that may be growing cold. And we can regain that fiery love that we had when we first came before him. So diligence, it moves us to, to act, not just for the sake of being busy, but out of love. Jesus argued to the religious leaders that the most important law was to love God and love others. And God, he's not asking us to be perfect, but he's looking for progress, for movement, for genuine faith and love. People who are diligent are striving to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Where sloth, it just kills that spiritual progress. So with the Spirit's help, we need to consistently resist sloth and choose loving diligence in every point in our lives. I ask you just to join me as we come before God in prayer. Father, as we go through this series on the seven virtues, help each one of us look into our lives and hearts and find those areas of sloth. Help us to see if we've become cold towards you in our love. When we become disinterested or apathetic towards you, bring us closer to you. Help us to find that passion and fire again. When we are indifferent and fail to serve and love others, remind us of the task that you have set before us. Help us to once again be childlike in our faith, going back to that first love we had when we gave our lives over to you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.